Hey, <laughs> welcome to Under the Bleachers. I'm David Bleacher. And I'm Jennifer Bleacher. We switched places because you're yeah. driving. This feels weird. I'm on the, I feel like I'm on the wrong side. You're driving. That's, <laughs> we're, not in, we're not in England, otherwise I'd be driving. Okay. <laughs> so. Uh, we had a crazy day today. It's been an odd one, yeah. <laughs> it's been a really crazy day Yeah, it's day been a today. really weird, weird day. It's so funny when I, I I put up a post this morning. Oh, let me move this real quick. So, uh, oh, hey, it's us. It is us. From like five seconds ago, <laughs> 10 seconds ago. I put up a post early this morning on my Facebook page about our show tonight. Our show is actually going to be about heroes tonight. And I asked people to share their stories. But a lot has happened since I put up that post this morning. And we will get to that for sure. But there's a few things we need to talk about first. I saw my teeth. I do. <laughs> I saw my teeth. Sorry. I know it's going to bug everybody. That's something you should do. Well, I didn't know. Okay. <laughs> uh, do you want to? Tell a story. Or this is so weird. I'm looking at myself in the past in this other window. Oh, right. by the way, <laughs> for those of you watching, you can um, chat live with us by by clicking on the let's see, clicking on the yellow bar at the bottom, or you can just comment right on the YouTube video. Um, you can ask us questions or comments, and uh, we'll get to as many as we can. Okay. Okay. Um, today was uh, unexpected. Mm -hmm. uh, this morning, I went into work. Uh, my boss pulled me into his office to talk about something around 9 something a.m. and told me that uh, I'm no longer an employee of the company I was working for. Um. <laughs> and, and he never really explained why. No, he didn't explain. He's like, oh, this isn't a good fit. That's something you tell somebody after six months or a year. I've been working there for six years. You, okay, so you've been saying six years today, but in October, it would have been seven years. Yes, so more, six and a half years. More than six years. So. Yeah. Yeah, like every time he would try to get a little more information, the same he got the same responses. It just isn't a good fit. Yeah, like, I was like, uh, okay, um, you went silent on me a few months ago. Uh, so would you like to tell me, um, is there anything that I could have done better? Anything that I can take to my next job with me? Uh, Do you want to tell people what your job was? Yeah, I was the, uh, okay. I was the uh, graphics manager for a uh, beer distributor. Um, I did the. I managed four people in uh, a graphics room, and we did uh, we did uh, signs for beer uh, beer companies for all of Iowa. Basically, we were the part of the, we were the uh, flagship graphics department. There were um, three other there are three other outlets: Worthington, Council Bluffs, and Spencer. And we were pretty happy that he got a graphics job when we moved to Iowa, just almost seven years ago. Yeah, um, and um, because his background like when we were in Los Angeles he worked for the movie industry when we were in Austin he worked for the gaming industry he's an artist he's a graphic artist we didn't know if there would be anything in Iowa for him at all so we were pretty happy when he got this job it's not easy to find graphic arts types of jobs in general and were creative jobs in general especially um, in a, a small area like uh, the Ames Nevada area where we are so I drive every day to Des Moines which is 40 miles there 40 miles back so every week was 400 miles of driving a lot of driving yeah um the weird thing is, is that and i put this on facebook a couple of you saw this but uh i didn't feel anything like i felt something yeah you, <laughs> you felt you, fe you felt like you wanted margarita <laughs> i did i did want a margarita <laughs> <laughs> i felt like a, a little bit of confusion because there was like there was no lead up to this um not like you know i got in a big fight with somebody and then all of a sudden there was a talking to there was none of that um, this is like months of silence from my main boss, but this was wasn't unusual. I think in the time that I worked there, the whole entire six years I worked there, I think I talked to my main boss a total of seven to eight times, like in an office setting, like let's go meet in the office. Yeah. So and and they weren't like all like you're in trouble. It was like one of those, and every other one was like, hey, you need to let's do some stuff a different way, or do stuff in this way, or whatever. Let's hear some ideas. It's weird. It's just a really weird. Uh, it was a really weird um, uh, uh, situation. Like I, I just felt like slightly confused and uh, somewhat relieved. And so, at what point did you start feeling relieved? Um, they left the room to go get my uh, go get stuff that I brought to work with me because uh, you know normal HR shit. They don't. They're like they don't want you to like hit a button on your computer and make everything blow up. You know that they, <laughs> I've been planning for this day forever. <laughs> no, it was none of that. So basically, HR plans for that. That 
so they you know the main boss and and uh his uh nephew i guess because it's, uh, it's a very nepotistic uh organization basically the it's a family that runs the whole all everything so there's like six of them but um they went to go get uh my stuff and i'm sitting there with the the director of hr and i'm like so besides this how's your day going <laughs> She's like, great, it's Friday. <laughs> at that it's point, just, it's like, go ahead. At that point, it just felt like you know, normal normalcy just came back, and I was like, you know what, fuck this place. You know, I don't have any connections to any of these people. Even like my team, I like a lot. Like they're very cool. Like you know, they're very talented individuals. But I don't have. I had no friendships in six years. No mm. friendships, and that's weird, right? It is. Like. I think I went to company events every now and then, but there's never there was never a time where it's like, hey, let's go all hang out, you know, for mm -hmm. a beer or something. Mm -hmm. And if I took my team out, I was like, this is something I do for my team to improve morale. But it was never like, hey, you know what? Like real friendships. Yeah. From, you know, I feel like I don't know. I feel like as adults, it's hard to make real friendships. Like before joining the WLS community, I felt that way. I felt like as an adult, like after college, it was hard to make friendships with other adults. Yeah, and there's also you have to do that that calculation in your head. Like, do I have the time and the money to create a new friendship? Yeah, energy, time, money, yep, all that yeah. stuff. Yeah. It's, it's funny, though, because, like, but with the WLS, or WLS, sorry, WLS community, though, like, I totally have friendships now. Well, that's not hard because you all have a similar interest that, you, that bonded you together to start with. Now, you have deeper... Some of you have deeper uh, friendships, and but most of you, you all start with the, I had the surgery, we're all going through this weird hormonal shift, yeah. we're all feeling pretty much the same way, but we can't explain to other people because they'd have to go to surgery in order to really get it. But when I think about coworkers, which is what, what your situation was, mm -hmm. like, um, I don't really have any coworkers that I'm friends with. Like I'm acquaintances with them, and I very, very occasionally we'll go after out, out out to work, out after work for like a margarita. Um, well, you know how you've done that like five or six times, right? Yeah, in like seven years. Well, that's five or six hundred percent more than I did. <laughs> you've done it a few times. No, only for company events that's to go out. No, I'm talking about oh, like company like, sponsored events. You're right. You haven't just oh, okay, okay. Yeah, like if we went to a yeah. Christmas party, it was a company sponsored event. It was never like let's go to over to Nick's house. What 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 do you guys think? And um, those of you watching live, like, do you think it's harder to make friendships as adults, or um, or not? Maybe maybe we're just weird. Maybe we're no. Just I know weird. I know it's a problem because like I've seen this come up many times. Like, I'm 29 or whatever, and I moved to a new city, and it's really hard to make friends. Yeah, I wish I was 29. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's like yes, I'll, I'll see that argument or like 40. Yeah. And at a certain point, you're also set in your ways. You're like, you know what? I made my five friends that I consider the closest people in my life. I don't really care how far they are. If we talk once every three years, where that's my friends, and everybody else, you know, is just gonna. I'm gonna keep them as acquaintances, keep my distance because so I've been me, hurt too many times. Let me tell you my side of the story. So today was Friday. I was super excited because it's actually our last Friday of school, not the last day of the school year, but our last Friday of the school year. Our last day is gonna be actually be next Thursday. So I was all happy and excited, got up, did my gym workout, had, we had breakfast as a family, we all said goodbye, hugs and kisses, <laughs> and then like an hour into, yeah, or about two hours, about nine o'clock. It was around 9, so, 20 or so, yeah. Um, I get the text from him like, hey, just to let you know, I lost my job today. But is that how you said it? I don't know, some, something like I that. Said I said, hey, I was like, go today. I was like, go today. And I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> and then I, immediately I was like, I want you to know I love you. It's okay. <laughs> I was like, actually, I feel all right. Okay. <laughs> Doing all right. Yeah. Um, the one thing I do appreciate is I appreciate they let me go in the morning because going through, I've had it before where you go through an entire work day, you put your all into it, and then like you're drained, dealt the normal stress of work, and then you get to the very end of the day, you're like, oh, because it's the weekend. Oh, you gotta, you're not coming back on Monday. <laughs> By the way, we're letting you go. Yeah. So this spurred, spurred an interesting conversation for us today. Like, what happens next? Um, it's, you know, it's interesting. Like for me as a teacher, I feel like I'm somewhat secure in my job. Like I don't have to really worry about being let go mm -hmm. unless I really screw up. But for the most part, like I feel pretty secure in my job. Um, right. So I'm not going to have this opportunity for a fresh start to do just something brand new if I want to. Well, I warned you since I got the job, I'm like in the regular private market, you can be let go any day for any reason. And this was like today for no reason. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, 
earlier this week, our youngest son got pink eye. And I had recently taken off a couple of days. Um, one day when Jacob had lice, our oldest mm. had lice, or our youngest, no, Logan our had oldest. lice first, and then our oldest had lice. And I said to David, when when Logan had pink eye, I'm like, oh my gosh, David, please, can you take a day? I've take, I, you know, I feel like I've taken so much time recently. I don't want to lose my job. Not like, although I feel secure in my job. Um, he's like, yeah, I'll take a day. So when you told me they got Lego today, I'm like, oh my gosh. <laughs> I hope it wasn't because. I was thinking, I was thinking about playing it that way. Oh like, my gosh. Well, you told me to take Wednesday off. I told you this. Not something you can do. Yeah, I was, so, I was so scared that that was the reason. I'm like, he was right. When he said he could lose his job anytime. <laughs> so, um, but anyway, so this the the conversation our conversation turned to like what happens now? What happens next? Well, so. I the the thing that happened after a couple hours, I started to get more excited. Like this is something I don't use that word often for myself. I see other people excited. I'm like, hmm, that seems like an interesting emotion to, be, to have. I wonder what that's like. You know, like it's like you know when uh, when sociopaths see happy people. Hmm, I bet I could emulate that if I. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you know, what I mean, like. Uh, but I, I started to feel more excited. I'm like, I haven't felt this type of feeling, um, especially with a work situation in at least six years. Because when we first moved here, I left a dream job. Like I was working for Bioware and I really wanted to stay in Austin. I wanted to like see if I could get past contracts for work to like a permanent position with the company I really liked. And uh, we moved here and I basically anything that I got that wasn't, you know, game company, but specifically like not Bioware level game company would have been somewhat disappointing. Mm -hmm. So, I, uh, and there are no game companies in Iowa, in case you were wondering, like garage type game situations. But that's it. No I mean, real, not yeah. no like big yeah. game companies. They're like, you know, we uh, occasionally we do some shading on pixels, you know, and then send it back. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, there's there's no there's no like you know here's a team and we're making something impressive. There's there's not even a, a no man's sky level. Uh, which is, you know, a small team um, that makes a very big game, that makes a big splash. There's nothing. So anything I chose would have been lesser, you know, than for me at the time for as far as dreams go. And I'm 42, so I'm way past the, the date the date of expiration for, for video game developers, video game uh, <laughs> workers in general, except for people who have been in the industry from the beginning. Um, so... Like I left and I felt confused. I'm like, I don't know why why that happened and when it happened. There was no, there was nothing it happened. It was just like it was one of those things. And then I figured out uh, we have a thing coming up. I don't know if people have been following it, but uh, they're going to make salary the the least amount you can have for salary be I think forty seven thousand eight hundred or something. Is like that, that a national thing? It's gonna be not. It's a federal like a federal, it's a federal mandate. Yeah. Oh wow. Um, so so thanks Obama. <laughs> So if you're if you're on salary, yeah, and you make minimum, less than your minimum amount that you will be paid is forty seven thousand a year. Correct, that'd be the the least you can make. Is, salary. is this definitely going to happen? Like it's set, like it's done. As far as I know, wow. um, I have to look it up. But that it, could, that, been, could be, that could be huge for a lot of people. Yeah, yeah. Well, what yeah. was happening is they were putting people that were on like twenty thousand dollar salaries. You know, mm -hmm. like basically they're putting them. They're, they're like, okay, you're gonna make ten an hour now, and that's where you're stuck forever. You know, yeah. except for your two percent raise per year because, uh, and and basically have these people working 12, 14 hours a day, so they get no overtime and they're stuck at twenty thousand. Like I figured it out. If I were to actually be given the amount of money. Like if I were to, if I were to be given um, time and a half, I would have made an extra thirty eight thousand a year. Wow! wow. Right? <laughs> yeah. So so yeah, of course, of course they they don't want to do that. So I I'm I feeling there might be a little bit of that, and then there because uh, there's been a lot of shuffling going on. Mm -hmm. Other other like managers because you were a manager, so other managers, yeah, other departments are there. Are managers have been let go. There's managers that uh, th like three left recently. Um, oh, there was wow. one that. Uh, got shuffled uh, to a lesser position, but I think there was a conflict thing there. But so definitely some restructuring going on in the company. Yeah, definitely they're not really being open about why they're doing. No, that. not at all. They're yeah. being well. They don't. They want to stay from lawsuits. I think that's the big one. They're scared. Like you know, you say like I don't like that uh, that you're Jewish. You know, I don't like. <laughs> yeah, that might be a problem. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, like I I. And and remember, we work in an at will state, so they say, you know what, I I like you. Yesterday, I don't like you today, so goodbye. 
that's the way Iowa works. The way uh, Nevada used to work when we worked in yeah. when I worked in Vegas. Yeah. Just you can be let go at any time. You can be let go at any time. Yeah. The weird thing is that they say stuff like you know you're not a contract worker, uh, but you really are. That's exactly okay, how work contract. Yeah, that's how contract work works. So David, what are you going to do with your life now? I want to rock. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. So that's been your plan. David's going to become a rock star. I'm going to rock. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, we were thrown around because this is exciting. This is really is exciting. There's there's so many options that are open now. Um, a friend of mine's like, you should do this contracting stuff because there's this app that you can use and, and find real fast contract work. Uh, I could uh, do like several different little jobs, you know, that 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 and piece together. Um, a salary that's that's equivalent to the one, at least the one I had. Um, there's a lot of there's so much in the up in the air. Yeah, yeah. we we sat down and kind of had a brain brainstorming session before this of like, okay, what happens next? What do we do now? And we came up with a whole list of possibilities. Right. Um, besides graphic become besides staying a graphic artist. Yeah, and I mean I could always do graphic arts on the side too. It's it's one of those cool freelance things. But um, I was like. You know, if you've been talking a long time about starting our own business. Years. Well, if we're going to do it, now would be the time. This is like one of the few, one of the last opportunities at least I will have for that kind of thing where I have, I'm have, i young enough and I have the energy and we have the ability to, to get a loan that's going to, to cover that kind of thing. So we we started hammering out a plan tonight and started looking at lease spaces. And um, I think we have a solid plan. Well, we're excited. <laughs> <laughs> so should we talk, should we tell them, you guys want to hear sure. what our plan is? <laughs> so we had this whole list of possible like businesses that we could start. Um, I, I will stay, I will remain a teacher. We need a steady income. Yeah, we need steady income. And also health insurance would be nice too. Health insurance, steady income. Um, and it just happens, this happens to be coming at a point where we just paid off a vehicle. Our son is no longer in daycare, so those are two big monthly expenses that we no longer have. Mm -hmm. so, so that helps. Yeah, that helps so, a lot. So, um, first of all, let's let's share some of our ideas before we tell them sure. the main one that that we're focusing on right now. And I wrote I wrote down some of my dream jobs too. <laughs> yeah, she started it's with like, this. I like. She's like, you know oh, what? I know you were let go, but here's something I want to do. If we're gonna dream. <laughs> Here's what I'd like to do. I'd like to do like, this. Mm. My like one of my dream like <laughs> job like thing to own. I would love to own my own gym, right. and in the gym have a space where I sell um, protein supplements and other kind of supplements, and also have a space to sell apparel that you that we can't like get here. Like there aren't stores that sell here, like Gym Shark, like apparel. I'd love to go just try some on or Lululemon. Yeah. Um so like that would be my dream my dream like business. But I would have to run this in the meantime and I'm a fat dude and fat dude running a gym is kind of like it's like this gym doesn't work. <laughs> it's yeah. That's my dream, not David's dream. Um so I had a couple more for me, but let's go to yours. So um opening a restaurant. Yeah, there there are quite a few uh, uh, spaces for restaurants around here. I think we have three or four here in Nevada. Oh, in our town. Yeah, total. Um, some of the places like he he would like to bring to Iowa that are this area that aren't currently here are In and Out or Five Guys and Firehouse Subs. Firehouse Subs is in Nevada. It's in names though. Yep. Um, we talked about an art gallery. Yeah, an art gallery. Then we would uh, go uh, hit up ISU, like the art artists from ISU, and like the and local State. the local artists, and and yeah, and uh, and see if they would be interested in displaying their art and possibly selling some pieces. A so, big a big guy clothing store. Uh, there is, aren't many. There, which is ridiculous. It is yeah. It is so hard to find tall, large man clothing. We're in Iowa, one of the fattest states in the country. I don't know about that. But Besides like Wisconsin. Yeah. Like if you go around, just look, <laughs> you're just look around the mall, just scan it, like scan. There are a lot of big people here. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. so I was thinking like, you know, heavy, durable, like, uh, Dickies kind of, kind of clothing that uh, the big guys can wear for, for whatever work they mm -hmm. do, because it's hard to find, uh, stuff that you can fit as as a big guy i mean like that you don't order online and then hope that it fits when it gets there yeah um i think there are only three stores that we found in in, in des, moines, des moines which is a city like, of 250 300 people yeah and it's almost an hour away from us right so there's nothing like within an hour 
close to us. That's still a really good idea. Yeah. That's a lot of inventory and stuff. Okay. A consignment shop. That'd be cool. Um, basically, you, uh, as a shop owner, you take like 20 to 30% off of whatever sale you make, and then you give the other 80 to uh, 70 to 80% to whoever actually owns the thing. So, like, you know, people who are an Etsy or people who want to sell jewelry, people who want to sell whatever, and they don't have a place to sell it outside of the internet. You'd be like, all right, well, I got like these 20 pieces that I'm not actually, this, I can't move. So, here, you guys hang it up for us. See if we can do it in person. So we had a few other ideas, but let's talk about our favorite idea. All right. This is the one where we actually went and looked at spaces because we're like, this is pretty exciting. This, this is exciting. Jennifer came up with the name. The name is Office Space. Yeah. Just uh, like the movie. <laughs> and then uh, basically have a red stapler. At every desk. <laughs> at every desk. <laughs> so why don't you explain to them what Office Space would be, though? Um, office Space would be where uh, people would rent out... Um, a fully functional office uh, for a period of time. It could be for uh, an hour, it could be for a day, it could be for a week, it could be for it on a monthly contract. We would have a break room. Um, you'd also have uh, side areas where you could do uh, videos or video conferencing. Yeah, I, wanna, I wanna have a green room. Uh, yeah, no, a room sorry, that's, I'm sorry, that's, uh, green screen room. Green screen room. So this would be a combination of office space slash space where people can come and make videos for YouTube, for example. Yeah, YouTube, podcast, podcast. that kind of thing. Um, and that would be easy to rent for like an hour, you know, rent one, two hours, and you could do your podcasts and have the and have the editing uh, software there to, to um, do it on site. Um, and for people who are trying startups, uh, and basically so they'd get is they'd get like a, a phone line, um, they'd get uh, internet access, um, rent by uh, like four desks at a time in its own little areas. Uh, so basically yeah. it's, it's- Basically we would we would set up, we would purchase and set up the whole office environment for them and they would rent the space with everything available to them that they would need to use. I'm very printers, excited about yeah. this. Fit printers, photocopiers. Yeah. Um, Pens, paper. Yeah, every everything. Yeah. The break room has like sodas and all that kind of stuff. Microwave. It would it would give people the opportunity to start businesses, uh, who who might not have the opportunity. Like they might have some really brilliant ideas, but not have the resources to just start their business. So this would give them a cheaper option to do that. And run front end for them too. You know, like act as a receptionist, take messages, that kind of stuff, mm -hmm. when they're out, or even when they're not renting the the space and they're going to rent a space and they need, they need someone to take the calls in. Um, the other thing is if somebody does have a brilliant idea and they've been working there for a while uh after we would be able to to save up from the from the other spaces being rented we could become venture capitalists or if we're not able to or we don't want to cover that particular idea we could uh go find other venture capitalists so they know where a think tank would be so that we'll be like okay uh we've we vetted these people we aren't going to go for this idea but uh there's reasons for that I think this is something more in your interest and then and then introduce them basically play as a middleman so i'm very excited about this we obviously have a lot of research to do um a lot of investigating to do as far as cost and setup and what it takes to get a loan and write a business plan and there's mm -hmm. a there's a lot we have a little bit of leeway with david's severance package to give us some time to do that my package <laughs> <laughs> so it's very exciting this is very exciting yeah yeah I so we got excited about that idea, um, and we're actually we're going to look to flesh that one out. And I, I like, I mean, that's the kind of thing is um, I just I feel like I'm there's so much potential now. Like the world to me, I was in this deep rut of like every day doing the exact same thing. Go he to was work. not happy at his job. I mean, I didn't I didn't hate the job. It was a good he job. Was content. Yeah. But not happy. Contentment is is good for family, but it's also a trap because that's the job I would have been in until I died. And I worked next to somebody who's all alone, um, who her entire work life, everything, her whole life, her whole life surrounds that job. Around, yeah, yeah, that's that's it. That's all she's got. And I'm like, I don't want that to be me in you know 20, 30 years. Like, it just it, it just it it becomes a it becomes a, a gilded cage. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's that. Now let's get to what we actually what we actually want to talk about this week on the show which is um, on Memorial Day, mm -hmm. we spent a lot of time talking about your friend. 
And that's how, that's when I thought it'd be great to dedicate this week's show to David's friend. So we'll tell, tell us about your friend. Um, my friend's Michael Donahue. He was major Michael Donahue, but I always knew him as Mike. Um, we grew up together. He died in Afghanistan in uh, September of 2014. Uh, it was an IED, uh, next to uh, uh like in the green zone in afghanistan um and it was just a few months before he was going to retire yeah he he uh, only had a few months left he, he was on his last tour he um he was he, gonna, had a, he had a job all set up in his where he was moving back home to back in virginia be, yeah. he was gonna be a professor at his, i can't remember the name okay. of the, the university but he was gonna start off basically finish off his career doing um uh, um paratrooping paratrooper uh lessons and then and then trade that off and then go do the professorship. Let's talk about how you originally met him because that's really special. I used to go to a camp in Maine. It was a work camp called Berwick Boys Foundation. And it was uh, founded by two doctors, Dr. Barry and Dr. Wickern. Um, they got together and they bought an island called Dyer Island. Um, what they did is they had kids come up every summer. Boys. And, boys. Um, between 13 and like 17 and, uh, have them like clear woods, uh, build cabins, uh, you know, like lay foundation, build piers, uh, and they started this program so that, that, that there was this camp that was basically, uh, uh, run by the boys for the boys and they would have a council. Was every, every boy who went there like a troubled teen or is it just that you were a troubled teen? No, most of the boys there were, were troubled teens. They were, so all, Mike, they were either so on the verge. too? Um, yeah. Okay. I mean, a little bit. I mean, he was, he was not, not as bad as I was. Um, there were, you know, there were levels. Yeah. There were like kids who were on the verge of being in gangs. Uh, I was on the verge of going to juvie or, or trying to commit suicide. Like I was, you know, in a bad spot and I was 12 or 13, like 12 when I went there turning 13, cause I turned 13 in July. Mm-hmm. Um, I was a little bit too young to go, but I went anyway and I made it through my first year, even though I tried to run away, did all that shit. Um, and I was a little shit, but I, I changed over time that Berwick made me men, and I'd say the same for Mike too. And not just made us men, it made us leaders. Mm-hmm. So, uh, he came in the same time I did. I believe he was, I believe he was 13. Yeah. I think he was 13. And, uh, he went off we started off i think we both started off in woods crew and then he went off the construction crew the next year and i yeah. went off to peers right you built well, i'm trying peers. to remember second year if i was peer or not oh okay yeah i was peer crew for the first half of the summer and then the second half i was uh we were pool crew we were uh we were <laughs> i knew that would happen <laughs> he had water next to us but well i didn't want it up <laughs> above the computer so i'd rather it's still there it's fine <laughs> anyway. worst things happen today <laughs> You had a check go flying out the window. <laughs> the most random thing happened. I was driving, so dealing with his his thing mentally, right? And then I was driving to pay our daycare provider for the week, and I and it was hot, so I opened the windows, and all of a sudden the check I was taking to her started flying around the van. So I rolled up the windows really quickly, but when I got to her house, like just a couple blocks later, I couldn't find the check anywhere in the van. So I wrote a new check and then he and I went and we like walked up and down the street. I had driven on to see if we could find the check. We, we never found it. We were checking for the check. Yeah. Yeah. It was the craziest thing ever. Okay. So back to Mike. Sorry. <laughs> it was a funny thing. Um, so, uh, yeah, we, I went on to um, did pull crew with uh, Steve Hurley, and he's he's around still, and uh, he's Coast Guard. Um, then the next year, I went back, and I was peer crew, and Mike was construction crew, and we always like work with stuff together. Like any time that loads came in from boat crew, they'd bring stuff over from the mainland to to us, and sometimes they would pull like uh, rocks over and everything. The entire camp would get together to try to fill the crib before the high tide came in. So we had these big rocks that were like you know two hundred pounds, one hundred fifty pounds, whatever. And then get them into the crib before as the tide's rolling in. So and and you're also floating logs up and then pounding rebar in and drilling over the top basically of the basically really strong boys. Yeah, well we became <laughs> strong. We were just yeah. kids, you know, and then got stronger and stronger as as the years went on. And uh like every year I went there and there was Mike and he was kept listening to Rush and and we were listening to Iron Maiden and stuff. That was from uh Mike Mike Odom, our other friend. And uh, I just remember growing up with him, and we were always uh, we were the two strongest in the camp. And so, 
him and I would always wrestle and we'd always break even, like always <laughs> dead even. And and uh, he was such a good guy. So he so at what point do you think he became a leader? Like, um, did he always sh exhibit those qualities? Yeah, yeah, he he always like I screwed up in my second year, which is why I got uh, relegated to uh, the um, pool crew thing because I was my first year I was bullied. So the second year I came back, I got I got I was big enough and I was able to bully, and I did a bit. And then then council, which he was on, um, had to had to relegate me and say, "Listen, you know, here's a hand slap. Uh, don't do that anymore." And so then I came back humble in the third year and then got peer crew back. Um, and I took I and I was a good uh, I became a leader that year and I think Mike just took early to it mm. and he was always an example to me like um, like he seemed really disappointed to me you know when with the 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 bullying thing was like you know I'd make kids tread rebar which is basically I'd make them like go out if they're if they like, took too long in the bathroom or whatever I'd have them hold rebar while they're in the water and and tread the water as hard as they could as long as they could oh, and sounds painful and i was a strong swimmer so then like if they if they said they couldn't do it i'd go in there and do it with them and said they couldn't stop till i stopped and so oh. then i could go for like You're a half mean. hour i was an asshole like yeah. i was i was a bully because i got dragged <laughs> and, and i was and like the first year like i said i was a shitty kid um i made my cabin late when you're late <laughs> in your cabin then late, every, late for what late for breakfast so because i was hard to get up yeah so the nobody in the cabin would get breakfast if if i was oh. late nobody got breakfast in the cabin Ooh. so basically it was you know you you have to you have to fall in line yeah. or you you punish everybody else oh yeah that's gotta be hard and then later what happens is that the head of the cabin um has to go into the cold ocean is 53 degrees or whatever and they'll go dunk but i didn't mind the water because it wasn't every day for peer crew so that punishment didn't do shit to me <laughs> but but your but, your guys did shit to you yeah <laughs> right? so what happened uh with them is that uh one day they just got pissed and uh two of the cabin leaders went and grabbed me by the feet while i was in my underwear and then dragged me along on my back along a gravel road until I was like all marked up on the back and so stuff. So you're like, well, that happened to me. So now it's my turn. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. I didn't take the right lesson. That the the right lesson to take from that is that I was fucking over other people, and they they uh, they took it out on me that they like that I was I was hurting other people, not just me. So then I, I got it. I got my act together. Yeah. After Mike passed away, we we heard and read and saw so many news stories about what an amazing person that he that he grew up to be um he was a major and what was he in the he was in airborne the air, yeah he's an airborne he was oh so um and my favorite story news story was a woman was talking about how her daughter wasn't sure she believed in santa claus anymore mm. and she wrote a letter she wrote a letter to santa claus or wrote a letter to, to the army um she wrote a letter to Santa Claus, I think, and I think Mike picked it up. I, I, oh, I think she wrote a, like, a letter to Santa Claus saying, if you're real, I want you to take gifts to the military, the guys in the military. Then Mike heard about this letter, and he wrote to the girl saying, thank you so much for sending your letter to Santa. He brought us wonderful gifts, and we're so thankful that he did that. Like It was so sweet. It was so yeah. sweet. Um, he was also a really big runner, right? Huge runner. Um and and his son, he taught his son Seamus to to run. Um, Seamus has been running uh, marathons for him ever since ever since he died. Um, he ran, I think those things like you know those those like more than Ironman, the ones that like run 60, 70 miles through the mountains and and like through the rain and shit. And uh, he'd run those and just make it through the whole thing. Uh, incredible distances. Like he's one of those people where uh, nothing nothing could stop him he just wanted if he has eye on something he would not he would not quit until it was until it was solved there like you could count on mike you could always count on mike any final words about mike before i talk about one of my heroes um uh when i was uh years later after berwick um uh i told mike about we we're just having a casual conversation and i told him about uh this place i went no i told him at berwick 
the last year we were at Berwick, I told him, uh, so I was 17, I think. I told him that uh, I went to this uh, cross-country tour with my parents when I was nine. And uh, we went by this place in West Virginia, which is a, a natural bridge, which is about I don't know, uh, 400 feet or something up. And there's like these waterfalls that come down next to it. And there's uh, an imprint up on the upper right part of the, the cliff from when you're like walking in from where the parking lot is. And you see like initials on it. And it was a place where George Washington had crossed and he left, he left his mark on it. And I was like, this is one of the most beautiful, beautiful places I've ever seen in America. And, uh, a year or a year, two years before he died, um, Mike sent me a spoon that from the tourist shop where that, uh, where that, that, uh, that natural natural bridge bridge. was that had like the natural bridge carved into the spoon. And uh, he remembered from when we were kids. It's like almost 20 years. Yeah. And uh, I have it with me in my car every day. So that's the kind of guy he was. He didn't, the small kindnesses, his life was built on small kindnesses. Yeah. So that's my mystery man. Um, I'm going to talk about one of my heroes. And I, in, in the community that I'm in, of course, there are so many people that are, I would consider heroes to me based on things that they've done. But I've got to talk about the founder of the, of the WSFA. I know I talk about w, WLS and WSFA like all the time. But the WSFA stands for the Weight Loss Surgery Foundation of America. And the founder of that is an amazing woman. Her name is Antonio Namath. Did I say it wrong? Namath? Namath. Namath. <laughs> and... Um, and I, so she started, I, I texted her today just because I wanted to make sure I had some of this information correct. So I'm going to just look at my phone. So she first started WSFA in April of 2010. That's when they were incorporated. And she gave out her the first grant in May of 2011. To date, they've given out 20 grants. And um, they actually have the 21st just approved. So they're about to give that out. Um, so what happened was she was talking to another one of my heroes, <laughs> Gastric Rose, Mama Rose, uh, and um, Ro- uh, Gastric Rose is on YouTube. Um, I think that's her name on YouTube, yeah. And her sister, Connie Bailey, um, her twin sister, she needed to have the surgery as well, the weight loss surgery, and had not been able to get it approved by insurance. And she was talking to Tony, Antonia, about this, and that's when Tony decided to start a nonprofit organization where they raise money for people who need to have weight loss surgery but can't get paid cut, paid for by insurance hmm. um, for whatever reason. And Connie Bailey was actually the first recipient of that, of the first grant recipient right. for the WSFA. Um, I think this is an amazing organization. I support it 100%. I took, they do an annual fundraiser every year. I took David to that recently in Nashville. That's what my shirt's <laughs> about. Um, and she's a very, very inspiring, inspiring woman. Not only is she a weight loss surgery patient herself, but she's a, she started this, this, um, this nonprofit. And I don't know, just, she's amazing. <laughs> yeah, so she's one of my real life heroes. We asked you guys to share some of your real life heroes with us. And we'd like to share those with you now. Just open that up. You do you want to take? Do you want to read this first one? This is from sure. Uh, from Wendy Allison. Uh, Jennifer, you look stunning. No, that's not the <laughs> what? one. <laughs> Thank you, Wendy. <laughs> that was not the one. I was... Share I know. this one. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Precious A. Roberts, such a cute show idea. I truly feel as though my heroes are my husband and kids. My husband, because he not only serves in the military, but he and my kids saved my life by the pure love and support they have given me while on this new life journey. When I would feel down or depressed about the procedure, my kids would come to smile, come smile, hug me, and say, we love you, which would brighten up the darkest of days. Oh, I love that. I noticed I wasn't her hero. Hmm. <laughs> You're, you're my hero for a different reason. <laughs> That's another show. <laughs> Tiffany Clark. Tiffany Clark. My hero's grandma Rose. She helped raise me because my mom was a single mom. 
She was an amazing woman. She helped everyone she knew. She raised four amazing kids on her own. She never drove, but got a license just to prove that she could. She, <laughs> I love that. She was truly a selfless woman. I know I would not be the person I am if I didn't have her. Yeah, it sounds like my mom. She didn't get a license. She was 35. And this one, we actually, we have, we want to share this. There's a photo that we want to share with you. So we're going to do that now. Give us just one second here. Uh, that one. This one? Mm -hmm. Do I double click? You said share on the bottom. Oh, sorry. <laughs> open up the photo. You got to do it from Oops. the actual photo. That's the picture of the photo. There we go. <laughs> I'll let you read that part. All right. Uh, we got to do the see more thing on it. Oh, wait. Do we have to present to everyone first? Do we? Okay, present to everybody. There you go. Okay, you should see it now. You should see it. All right. This is from Gracie Amen. Gracie Amen or Amen. Amen. Okay. My hero was my mom. She died at the age of 83 in February 2011. My dad was disabled, basically could not work because of a heart condition, and he died at the age of 45 when I was 16 years old. So basically, my mom raised four girls by working two to three jobs at a time and still spending as much time with us as she could. She was amazing. She taught me so many wonderful life lessons. She was my best friend in the whole world. I shared every part of my life with her, good and bad. Been told I look just like her and sound just like her. One of the things I know for sure is I will, will always remember that she taught me. Age is just a number. I remember her telling me at the age of 80, she felt her soul was about the age of 30. And at the age of 63, I feel like what she was so right. I miss her desperately every day of my life. The pictures are me at 23 and 63, her at 19 and 80. Oh, I love that. You want to click there? There we go. Okay. Welcome back, guys. Welcome back. <laughs> And um, this next one is Gastric Rose, who is who is Mama Rose, the other one, the other lady, special lady I was talking about. So many to name, but it's just, but let's just say that everyone I touch and hear their amazing freedom stories makes each one a hero to me, because they have broken those chains that had us all bound, and today we are free to do all that we that we only dreamed. So go out and celebrate your amazing freedom of today's body. Mwah. Mwah. <laughs> <laughs> so those were your stories, your hero stories. And we actually have um, some other hero stories we wanted to share with you. Just want to check to make sure nobody's writing in. Oh, yeah. Uh, wait. Nope, nobody writing in. Okay. All right. <laughs> so uh, I, I checked around uh, to see. Uh, it's funny. The news doesn't normally show you heroes except it's like a fluff story mm -hmm. like in between two other stories so i decided to look around and see if there was anything worthwhile as far as heroes go and there there are quite a few um i like this one because this is really unusual like you know you hear about people saving kids people's you know uh saving elderly like firemen helping people but not often do you hear about kids with water guns saving people <laughs> So Fargo, area kids use water guns to save man from fire. West Fargo, North Dakota. Neighborhood kids with water guns are credited with saving a homebound West Fargo resident from a fire Tuesday. According to a release from West Fargo Fire Chief Daniel Fuller, firefighters were called to a deck fire at an apartment unit in the 3400 block of 5th Street West. While en route, units were notified that the occupant of the apartment was on home oxygen and could not leave the apartment or put out the fire. Also, he's on oxygen, oh, so if the fire got near him, oh, boom. When the firefighters arrived, they found the remains of a planter that had caught fire. The flames had extended into the siding and wood decking adjacent to the planter. The fire was already out, however, and it was later determined that five neighborhood kids saw the fire, alerted the occupant, then used their water guns to control the blaze before the firefighters arrived. Fleur said in a phone interview Tuesday that the boys and, the, and girls are all students at Aurora Elementary School in West Fargo. So these are elementary school kids. Wow. He said three of the kids live in the same apartment complex and two had joined them for a water fight outside the building. They smelled the smoke and found the fire. They had some super soakers, so they had some pretty good range, Fuller said. They had to refill a couple of times, but they pretty much got the fire out. Mm 
Wow. It was just smoldering when we got there. That is amazing. Right? <laughs> While heading to the fire, Fuller was told the neighbors helped extinguish the fire, but he expected the neighbors to be adults. I was really surprised, he said. It's pretty unusual. Fuller said the kids' quick thinking and action saved the building from extensive fire damage and may have saved the life of the apartment's occupant. He said the fire's reminder that smoking materials must be discarded with care, the proper way to being to soak them in water before discarding. He said the smoking materials should never be be put out in planters as most potting soils contain peat moss, a very flammable material. That's awesome. That's pretty cool. I was thinking like, you know, like Yeah, I love basically that. the new Ghostbusters movies get a lot of hate, but the kids with super soakers sounds like an <laughs> awesome movie. <laughs> the firebusters. <laughs> Don't cross the streams. Be like combination of Ghostbusters and Goonies. Um this one I got for you because me. because it's a teacher who's a hero, but not a hero in a normal way. Okay. Hero teacher jumps down 75-foot mine to save boy three by keeping uh-huh. his head above water for two hours and nearly oh. dies herself. Oh. <laughs> so I'm just going to hit the, the highlights of this one. Okay. So we don't have to tell the whole story. Okay. Child fell down chasm in wooden, wooden wooded area on school trip in Hanover, Germany. Ina Koenig... 37, dived straight after him with no thought for own safety. Mm-hmm. They clung to the tree roots until firefighters could eventually pull them th- free. Chancellor Angela Mar- Merkel congratulates the teacher for her immense courage. She's been recommended for Germany's highest civilian award for bravery. Boy receiving counseling for massive emotional trauma from oh, this ordeal. I'm sure. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Yeah, awesome teacher. That is a cool one, right? Yeah. You guys want to... Look at something fun. <laughs> wait, wait, what's oh, fun? sorry. Did you have another no, go ahead, one? Go ahead. Oh, I thought we were. I have, I I have we were two done. more if you want them. Oh, I think I think we're okay. I what time is it? Good. Oh, okay. We have twelve yeah. minutes. So I just I just had a few fun things I wanted, to, like happy things I wanted to share with you guys. So I'm gonna share that with you now. Are you gonna show the, the video of two girls in one cup again? <laughs> <laughs> Makes me happy. <laughs> Why couldn't they just buy two cups? <laughs> <laughs> I thought, okay, so let, me, let me open this up. <laughs> Seems like an extreme version of uh, of saving money. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so if you're friends with me on Facebook, you may have seen this because I stole, I always like look for cute things on Facebook to share with you guys. So let me see if I can open this up. Oh, I got to do present to you, everyone. Yeah, present it. What? Present to everyone. It's weird. I found hair in my hair. <laughs> This is um, this this poor dog here. She just gave birth to puppies. Okay. <laughs> and this is her partner. <laughs> How do I play? Oh, there we, there we go. You play on the, no. You play on the actual. Oh, what's all right? I keep she keeps forgetting that that don't pick on. <laughs> Isn't that sweet? Yeah, it's cute. Aww. She looks exhausted. Yeah, she does. He's trying to get some action. No, he's not. <laughs> he's just being super sweet. So for those who are listening, um, there's there's uh, one dog that's very exhausted, who's uh, who's giving uh, milk to her her litter, and then uh, the daddy dog is licking her face. Yeah. Here's the other one I wanted to share with you guys. This one is. Um, a baby eating a lemon. <laughs> Remember we did this to Jacob? <laughs> we did. So Jacob, insi- like when he was a baby about this age, he insisted on eating a lemon. We kept trying to take it away from saying, no, you don't want this. It's not going to be good. And then he had a Wait, temper tantrum. And the worst is he already had, he had dry lips. And he had like a rash on the side of his cheeks from, yeah. from something. So His, uh, his, 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 uh, yeah. Bobby, his. So uh, he, he would not except you know our no and he had a terrible tantrum temper tantrum at the restaurant we're like fine take the lemon (laughs) (laughs) and he took it and screamed and cried and oh it was so i feel so bad now that i think back on it but but yeah he he, learned he didn't ask for lemons anymore no no so i don't think that that's the situation with this baby so let's let's find out wrong way you're about to click the wrong okay okay <laughs> <laughs> All right.
right. The baby is uh, for those audio listeners. Uh, oh, there's more babies. There's more lemons. babies. Lemons. Wait. They're <laughs> they're given the exact face you would think they would give every time. <laughs> they do not like the lemon. <laughs> oh. He's like, I'm done. Why are you keep looking at my face? Think that he's so worried. God, the baby's got big eyes. Wow. She's like, mm, I don't know. Kind of like it. A little sour. <laughs> she's got a she's got a hankering for it. She likes it. I might have some more. <laughs> yeah, she's going for more. <laughs> yep. Ah, it's really sour. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's a cutie. <laughs> <laughs> she closed. Oh she closed one eye. On that and one, yeah, no, that's when she closed one eye. <laughs> that is the good to me. This is probably really boring for our people who are only yep. listening. So I'll go ahead and stop it. But just a little cute thing I wanted to share. So basically, it was all babies that were not happy about lemons, except for one who was like, eh, maybe, maybe not so bad. <laughs> yeah. So um, we usually close the show with a launch, and that's a special like message or poem or saying just to launch you out into the world on a positive note. And tonight's launch is actually coming from David's friend, um, Mike. Major Michael Donahue. So Mike said, had, in fact, uh, we all got these bracelets. Um, let me pull this out. We got these bracelets after he died. So. To go closer. I'll go closer. As you can see on the bottom there, even though it's backwards, it won't uh, be backwards to them. It has the uh, it has the saying on it, but he said it as a daily affirmation um, or daily uh, uh, exercise to get himself going. He always said, "Every day is a good day." Does that include today? That's the day too. Every day is a good day. Every day is a good day. Thanks so much for watching, guys. Bye. We'll see Hasta you. We'll see you in about five episodes. We do a, we do a live episode every five episodes, approximately. Yep. Remember, um, you can find us on Twitter at Under the Bleachers. Uh, I'm sorry, UTV Podcast. You can uh, email us at for questions or anything you want to have put on the show at utbpodcast at gmail.com. You can follow us at Under the Bleachers on Facebook. And you can download the podcast at uh, Stitcher, iTunes, uh, Pod and many other RSS feeders. Um, hope you have a great night. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye.